everybody. Welcome back to the Ball and Breakfast Podcast with Wayne and Patrick, as always. Uh, looks like tonight we are wearing similar colors. Uh, I, believe, I believe last episode we also were wearing like black or something at the same time. So maybe it's just this, uh, you know, this connection we have without speaking to each other, um, you know, having us in the same, you know, colors, types of wardrobe, etc. Um, if you've stuck around with us over the last couple of weeks or so, you've probably seen a lot of Bears content starting to get posted. Uh, we're getting really you know, close here to free agency uh, starting next month. And then obviously the NFL draft is going to be huge. Uh, we're hearing rumors left, right, center, above, below on Caleb Williams, the, you know, first overall pick. We hear a lot about, you know, the Bears fans and their feelings towards Justin Fields. Uh, we have speculation from guys like Adam Schefter and, you know, all sorts of analysts on what Ryan Poles is thinking and, you know, where he might be going with this pick um, and, and, you know, the rest of his picks for that matter. So I think the first thing that we wanted to dive into here was talking a little bit about, you know, this whole thing with Caleb Williams, uh, the whole situation. I think, you know, there were some rumors over the weekend that, you know, with the signing of Cliff uh, Kingsbury uh, as the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders, uh, that might be the impetus to get Caleb Williams to request a trade. You know, um, we've heard that, you know, maybe he doesn't want to be a bear uh, from Colin Cowherd, uh, others around the field. I mean, yet, you know, to this to this point, we haven't seen anything super solid. But, you know, there is that there is that element of, of doubt here now creeping in for, for, you know, Bears fans, Bears analysts, everybody. Um, so, Wayne, I just wanted to ask you first and foremost, uh, what do you make of all these rumors going around? Um, you know, are they true? Are they false? And, you know, how do you feel about it if they, you know, so happen to be, uh, you know, accurate? Yeah, I mean, I feel like part of this, maybe this is like the conspiracy theorist in me that's like, I feel like Caleb Williams camp is trying to force their hand to get Caleb in D.C. I think that's kind of what they're going at. Uh, it sounds like there's been it, the the whole, I guess, ground zero of everything is that uh, Colin Coward's been in communication with Caleb Williams camp. And so Caleb Williams camp is going to feed whatever it is that they want Colin Coward to talk about over there. Like you're not going to just talk. You can talk to anybody. Why are you going to talk to Colin Coward about anything about <laughs> Any feelings or any doubts, anything at all. You can talk about the weather, you can talk about cars, but you're going to talk about where potentially, like Caleb William, he's not really feeling the bears or whatever. Like, no, no, that's the last thing you want to do. So I feel like they are utilizing Colin Coward as a pawn. I think they want to go to the commanders. I think there's a lot of movement, even from the commander's side. You know, is it collusion? I don't know exactly. It's hard for me to speculate, but it feels like a lot of collusions happening of Caleb Williams camp talking to Colin Coward, forcing the Bears hand, and then also the commanders obviously getting Cliff Kingsbury, offensive coordinator, had that relationship with Caleb Williams at USC for the quarterbacks coach. So I feel like a couple of things are happening here. And then the Bears, they're this might actually benefit the Bears though. It's like, okay, if we're gonna force your force our hand we're going to want everything from you. Like you might as well, you've showed your hand and we're just going to ask for everything for that from moving from the second to uh, the first overall pick. So I think that's just my feel on it. It's like, okay, uh, we'll, we'll make lemonade out of this. Uh, if, if it's making, you know, Bears fans hate Caleb Williams more, 
great. That's that's totally fine by us. You know, I think that's part of like what has sparked our you know discussions internally here about oh maybe we, let's see if we can do stuff without Caleb or maybe Justin Fields. So I don't know. That's that's my initial thoughts on that. I think Colin Coward's upon, and I think also uh, Caleb Williams camp is just kind of forcing a trade away from the Bears here. Yeah, I had a, a slightly different reaction to it. Um, I feel like this is like one big game of telephone. I feel like Caleb Williams and obviously Cliff Kingsbury have a relationship. Uh, you know, Caleb was congratulating him on IG on getting the job in Washington. Um, obviously, Caleb went to high school in the D.C. area at Gonzaga High School. So there's a lot of like ties here. Uh you know, for, you know, some good reasons for why he'd want to come home. I feel like in some ways, maybe he was, you know, if his camp was talking to Colin Coward, maybe he could say something like, yeah, Caleb would love to play, you know, with Cliff Kingsbury, or, you know, wouldn't that be cool if Washington happened to grab, you know, Caleb after a trade with the Bears or something like that. I don't know how, you know, these little messages get get around and start to get, you know, firing away, but I feel like it gets embellished a lot once you get it to the press and, you know, people want to make it seem like there's this real, you know, drama, there's a controversy, like he doesn't want to be a bear, like, et cetera. But I feel like uh, Caleb was pretty quick and his camp was too, to like bat down some of those rumors and kind of come back and say like, you know, you know, we're, we're not going that far. Uh, you know, Caleb hasn't said anything about not wanting to play for the bears, like, et cetera. I just feel like I have to see something official from his camp uh, saying like, he does not want to play in Chicago to get, yeah, really, you know, crazy over the smoke, uh, you know, so I don't know, man, I, I kind of have like tempered feelings about it because when I think about it, thinking, you know, where Washington would have to go, you know, to the Bears with, you know, a trade package, like you're saying, it's going to be an absolute haul. Um, if I'm Caleb Williams, like number one, if, you know, they're giving up multiple picks in this year's draft, maybe one or two extra firsts in the next couple of drafts, you know, going forward, maybe it's a star player. Maybe it's, you know, Deron Payne. I've heard Terry McLaurin. I've heard other folks being mentioned. Like, why would I want to walk into, you know, the Bryce Young situation from last year? Um, just knowing what kind of leverage the Bears may have. The second thing I'd point to is just why would you want to go back home uh, to start off your career? I mean, I feel like there are some rare occasions like Derrick Rose going to Chicago where it absolutely works out. Um, we think about Washington, Dwayne Haskins was from, you know, Maryland and kind of grew up a Skins fan and that completely, you know, bombed. And I think there's a lot of situations where, you know, maybe playing for your hometown team brings a little bit too much pressure. Maybe it brings extra distractions. Um, there's a lot of things that could, you know, play against Caleb if he happens to, you know, put all of his chips in and say, I want to be a commander. Um, and finally, I mean, what would it be like to be a commander? I mean, I feel like this is an organization that's had a ton of issues over the last 20 years. I mean, Dan Snyder and, you know, just thinking about all, you know, the the L's they've taken under center at quarterback uh, along the way there. They're very similar to the Bears in that sense. Like, I thought they were always good at, you know, um, you know, getting a top running back, putting together good secondaries as a team. Um, but this is a team on the decline. This is a team that needs a ton of work. Um, obviously with Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, new folks like taking over in the ownership group, like that's great too. But I don't know, man, all those kind of reasons put together. Um, I think it just got out of hand a little bit too quickly. And I want to just kind of let this, let this develop a little bit further before I, uh, you know, get, get too panicky about it. Like some, you know, bears analysts have been. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get all that for sure. And 
you know, if I am Caleb, I mean, I'm not Caleb, but if I were in Caleb's situation, I should say, I would, you know, I would look at what do the Bears have, what do the the Commanders have, and I would probably be like, yeah, I would love to probably go with the Bears, as you were talking about, the cap space, the draft capital. Uh, there's some young town, DJ Moore there, too. Uh, so there's a lot more building blocks in favor of the Bears. Um, obviously, I think, you know, a lot of people talk about the Bears and how they just haven't had, they just haven't been able to develop quarterbacks. I think that's like the one thing that, you know, if I am Caleb Williams, it's like, yeah, would I want to go there? But if I'm a true, I guess, battle-tested warrior, like, you know, all the confidence in the world, which I think Caleb, everything I've heard from him, it sounds like he has, he's not short of confidence, at least. Um that he would take up that challenge of being like that first 4,000 yard passer for the bears, like their franchise quarterback that the bears have always been wanting and desiring. So that's, that's what I would probably be more so gunning for that being said, it's like, okay, hometown team. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think there's a lot of uh, athletes that want to play for their hometown team, but at the same time, you know, uh, if I'm a, I'm a professional, like I would be professional about it. Like I would w definitely want to be, best situation possible, you know, good team, good surroundings. And, you know, the, the bears, they've at least uh, put together pretty good offensive staff, you know, with Shane Waldron, Thomas Brown, um, you know, Kerry uh, Joseph, the quarterback's coach, former, uh, I think it was like CFL or Canadian, uh, yeah, Canadian football league, like champion or something like that. So, you know, some, some talents or some good coaching, I think for him to succeed. And then, yeah, that, the draft capital and uh, salary cap that we have talked about before. So I don't know, I would feel more welcome there, but it's like, how is any of this getting out? I think to Colin Cow Coward, like I would definitely be so careful. Again, you can talk to any, you can talk to Colin Coward about anything, or you can talk to anybody else in this world, but why like the guy with the biggest voice in the sports world these days? Like, I, I don't know why I would even be tempted to chat with him about anything. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it went down. I don't know who talked to Colin or how he, you know, came up with his story. I mean, it almost feels like a lawyer kind of arguing his own, you know, evidence. Like maybe he doesn't actually believe it, but he's like, "Hey, I've got enough here to build a case." And like, I want to be the first one to put that out there, but it's weird because in the week to follow, um, you know, we've heard like Adam Schefter coming out and saying, you know, he's almost solid that the Bears will draft Caleb Williams at 1-1. Um, Mike Tannenbaum off Get Up was basically like, you know, uh, if the Bears want to take him, like they'll take him because his options are like he can pout and whine about it, he can sit out, he could do whatever he wants, but he can't return back to college once he declares. So there's there is some leverage here that the Bears have to, you know, not to say we want to strong arm somebody into like fitting into our team and our culture because that's a terrible way to start it. But I will also say if Caleb Williams like wants to dodge this whole situation, just go to Washington. Like, to me, that's not a winner's attitude, man. That, that, is, that is kind of building off that story that, you know, we're a little bit concerned about, um, you know, being, being kind of like on the Caleb Williams watch right now because, you know, we, we've seen a lot of things around immaturity. Um, you know, we can go through all the cases again, but if he was to ask out, go to Washington, like, that's another thing that just feels like a Caleb first decision versus something that's like, hey, I'm, I'm for the betterment of the team that selects me. Like I'm going to go to the place that's 
seriously set up the best to win. Like there's no argument there, I think, between Chicago and Washington. So if he was to dodge it again, I think that's another thing that would make me feel pretty confident about not having to take the guy because you don't want a guy like that on your team if, uh, you know, he's kind of asking out of situations and stuff. Like what happens when things get tough in Washington? Is he going to be raising his hand for, you know, a trade or, or something else further? So yeah, man, I don't know. Um, I guess, you know, do you have any other thoughts on this? Because, you know, we'll, we'll walk into another part of uh, of our, uh, you know, uh, you know, shoot here uh, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I know the NFL is all about drama and everything like that. But, man, like, why? Why? It's like, all right, this quote unquote, you know, generational quarterback that has fallen to our laps is like given these kind of red flags now of does he want to play with us on top of like all, you know, the quote-unquote prima donna type of stuff he's done before, kind of off the field with fingernails and stuff like that. It's like, come on, man. Like, And that's the thing about Chicago sports fans is that they're very hard on whoever it is. You know, they definitely are, you know, we're kind of a blue-collar type of town, or at least we appreciate that blue-collar mentality. It's like, uh, I think that Sinatra said it best. I think he said something along the lines of how L.A. is all flash, New York is all talk. Chicago is work. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of fans, Chicago Bears fans, just want Justin Fields and doesn't want any of the stuff that Caleb Williams is bringing, no matter how talented he is, you know? So I don't know. It's just kind of a bad start to this whole situation about possibly joining the Bears. So yeah, just a lot of drama that just is completely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, Again, man, it's getting eyeballs. It's getting attention. I feel like that's part of it here. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens with the situation. Um, but we'll we'll kind of hold out hope and see, uh, you know, what Caleb decides to do. Um, I guess with the rest of this time that we were putting together for this, you know, episode, we are thinking about scenarios where what if Caleb asks out of, you know, Chicago and, you know, is traded to Washington. We are stuck, you know, with Justin Fields and any of the other, you know, decisions we could, you know, make. I feel like at this point um, from the fans in Chicago, all we ever hear is Caleb Williams or do we keep Fields and build upon it? But what we haven't really seen a lot of is scenarios where what if the Bears are done with Fields? They just haven't found the right suitor or they're trying to kind of garter that trade interest from him, kind of build a market. And what if they, you know, are considering alternatives? I guess, you know, with this time, we'll we'll start with you, Wayne, but we'll put together scenarios where, you know, Williams and Fields are not part of the Bears' future, and how do we build the best, you know, contender moving forward? So without further ado, why don't you take it, Wayne? Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, I mean, so first off, you know, I guess I'll go through the free agency side and just work my way through the draft in a way, and this is going to be fun. There's going to be some movement here. I'm really excited to share what I've kind of put up with. And I've honestly outsourced one of the biggest trades here from a YouTuber, uh, Rio Rio Robinson, who is a Washington Commanders YouTuber. So I'm going to talk about a trade that he proposed. And as a Bears fan, I will gladly accept that. So anyway, without further ado, uh, free agency wise, in terms of the initial you know cuts and stuff, I've spoken about it before. Uh, Cody Whitehair, Eddie Jackson, Travis Homer. That should save us like 23 some odd million dollars there. Resign Jalen Johnson. Uh, sign Curtis Samuel, 27-year-old slot wide receiver, best buddies with DJ Moore. Has caught you know above 66% of his passes the past three years. 
sign center Loy Cushenberry because, you know, I'm going to be looking to draft a rookie quarterback and I want more of that veteran presence there at center. He has, he had the second highest pass block grade in the NFL this past season for centers. I want that guy. Uh, he's not going to be missing some games. unlike Connor Williams, you know, Connor Williams, maybe I would preferred, but since he'll be missing games and I really want that early development for the quarterback, I'm going to choose Lloyd Cushenberry here. Um, and then some other signings here, uh, Colby Parkinson, uh, tight end from the Seattle Seahawks, you know, a, a tight end that's familiar with, uh, with, uh, Shane Waldron and his offensive scheming and his play calling. So I think he can bring him over cheaper than Noah font. So, and then another signing here, I'm going to sign drew lock, uh, in my, my one scenario here to sign drew lock, get a more veteran presence that is familiar with the Seahawks system and Shane Waldron, uh, so that drew lock can kind of teach this young quarterback that we're going to bring in here. So that's my uh, initial big, I guess, big free agent signings here, my draft. And this is where it gets fun. Uh, my draft trading the first overall pick to the Washington commanders for the, the second pick, the second round pick, the fifth round pick, and then also the 2025 second round pick. And I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. And he, this is this is all from Rio Robinson, the YouTuber uh, for the commanders over there, Jonathan Allen. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give me some Jonathan Allen. So Pro Bowl uh, DT has had like five or plus uh, sacks the past couple of seasons and just one of the best overall defensive tackles in the game. So, and with that second overall pick, I'm going to take, in my opinion, who's going to be the best quarterback from this draft, Jaden Daniels. Heisman winning quarterback has, uh, you know, hey, LSU Heisman winning quarterbacks with offensive record setting numbers in the SEC. They've done pretty well, I think, in the NFL here. So, uh, you know, Tank Sports, another YouTube channel I follow, called Brock Purdy, you know, before the draft as going to be like the sleeper pick that would kind of shock the world. And he has called Jaden Daniels is probably going to be, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in this draft, probably better than Jalen Hurts and what he currently is right now. So plays in the pocket, can make all the throws. Uh, he, he knows how to, uh, kind of trick defenders to go, Oh, I'm going to go this way. No, I'm going to go that way to look off throws in throws in anticipation, something that Justin Fields has struggled in his career, uh, can go down the middle and really is able to just get the ball out quickly and fast to his wideouts so that they can make plays. Did that with Malik neighbors who was able to just, you know, get, I think, uh, a lot of people call him the yak god just because he knows how to get that ball in an open space, you know, get more yardage there. So give me some Jaden Daniels here. Sorry, Drake May fans. And I know I just can't stand another North Carolina quarterback. So um, they're different. They're different. But, yeah, I can't go that route. Um, and then I'll try to go fairly quick here so, you know, you have some time. But ninth overall pick, I'm going to go with Malik Neighbors. Let's go. Let's get that LSU uh, Tigers connection there. Kind of like 
uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase in previous years. Like, let's let's keep it going and you know develop that. Uh, bring his friend over there so they, ha- they have a connection, immediate connection. Uh, and Malik Neighbors, he's honestly like a mixture, I think, between Jamar Chase and DJ Moore. What better person to kind of tutelage him than DJ Moore, too? So I think it'll be a match made in heaven. Um, and then the 36 overall pick, which we got from the Commanders, I'm going to take Tyler Newbin, uh, the safety from Minnesota. Very highly touted. Potentially could be your first round pick, but in recent mock drafts, I've been seeing him slide to the second, early second round. He's going to fill in Eddie Jackson, uh, Eddie Jackson's role there in the secondary. Immediate starter. And then an, our, uh, since we're trading Justin Fields as well, and I'm getting a second pick from the Steelers with that second round pick, I'm selecting edge rusher Braylon Trice from Washington. 6'4", 270, big physical edge, got seven sacks this past year, uh, 10 sacks the previous year. Uh, this previous year, too, or this past year, he led all FBS in pressures. How do you not like that? So, um, And then Bucky Irving, I've already talked about him before. The Zay Flowers are running backs. I think we need more of that scat back in our backfield. Uh, fourth round pick, got guard Christian Mahogany. He's been standing out in the senior bowl, 6'3", uh, 320 from Boston College. Boston College kind of has been running a similar scheme as like the, McV- the McVay scheme, a lot of play action, a lot of motion. So I think he can fit in pretty well, you know, if Nate Davis doesn't elevate his game. Uh, you know, he lost his mom this previous year, so you know, maybe he's going to be back mentally on that. And then Kate Stover, tight end, gets some more help there. So we have Stover, Colby Parkinson, and Cole Kamen in the tight end room. Get a little bit younger there. And then with the my fifth round pick, I was looking at Brendan Rice, but he was actually taken in this mock draft that I had. So I'm going to go with Jacob Cowing, a slot wide receiver from Arizona. Has, you know, very prolific, has 2,000 yard. Uh, Seasons under his belt and then a 900 yard uh, this past season. So you can definitely get those uh, in between the numbers yardage there that I think the Bears need more of. Um, Drake Nugent with my next pick from the fifth pick that we got from the commanders there. Center for Michigan. I think he's a good death piece there uh, for Willie Cushenberry. And then Javon Foster, tackle for Missouri. Pretty long arms with 35-inch arms. Has the physical makeup, which I know Ryan Pace likes, and you know, just a death piece uh, backup there uh, for Braxton Jones. So that's my overall, uh, that's my draft. That's my free agency. What do you think, Pat? And would love to hear, I guess, your take. Yeah, no, I mean, tons of depth. I mean, obviously, we're moving off fields. We're getting a second, it sounds like, for him at the very least. Um, You know, you trade down that 1-1, you're able to bring over Jonathan Allen just to kind of shore up the defense. I mean, looking at what Washington has lost, you know, in the last year, including Allen, I mean, that's a ton on their front line there uh, defensively. So, I mean, it's a complete mess uh, of a situation that Caleb would be, you know, walking into. But, yeah, I mean, I love the uh, Daniels and Neighbors pairing, if that was to ever happen for the Bears uh, in a trade-down situation. I'd be pretty happy about that. I mean, I think Daniels will be – better than Fields, um, you know, just based on his own pedigree and 
you know, winning the Heisman and showing he's able to pass and run and, you know, to pair him up with his own wide receiver would be even better uh, to go along with, you know, DJ Moore. Um, I've had Cade Stover um, on my eye too at tight end just to add further depth there. So, you know, I think we're both in sync uh, overall. And uh, yeah, finding that Eddie Jackson replacement in safety, uh, Tyler Newbin is important. Um, I chose a different safety in my uh, own scenario, but in the same sense, like just shoring up at different positions with all the depth that we have. I mean, it's, it's going to be fun if we actually do take that that route where you know we know Williams is out, we know Fields is not who we want to move forward with based on his contract situation, and then we can get super creative. And you know, it takes a lot of pressure off of Ryan Poles too, just to be you know not having to sit there at one one and having to make that decision. You know, if Caleb was to ask out, it would definitely extend the leash of Ryan Poles because he could say, "Hey, I never had the choice, but I did the best with what you know chips came to me." So. No, I think that's a, you know really well rounded as far as the trades went, and you know just building a ton of depth uh, through the draft, and then even a little bit more uh, in the off season, you know, free agency acquisitions as well. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like it. That's why I did it. And no, I, I feel like yeah, we we need to be trading back. I think in this draft, one way or another, whether it's the first or ninth overall pick, so. Uh, I feel very satisfied, you know, if we, again, if we were to move on from like Justin and not to Caleb here. So, but all right, enough of me talking about my picks and stuff. Would love to hear what your uh, take is. Yeah. um, In my scenario one, I mean, even in my scenario two, um, I think the theme here is double dipping. I, I, I want us to double dip. I mean, last year we dipped and we dipped hard. We got, you know, DJ Moore, we got this year's, you know, first overall pick um, and some extra capital. I think if we are to miss the generational quarterback that should be coming to us, I mean, I I see us, you know, absolutely capitalizing on the Washington trade. Mine was slightly different. I had, you know, us trading the one for the two, a second rounder, a third rounder, and a next year first. Um, subsequently I would have Justin Fields traded to the Raiders for their second round pick. And I think this is where the double dipping comes into play, but, you know, sitting there at number two, we could take any quarterback we wish we could take Marvin Harrison jr. But let's see who else in that uh, line that's looking for a quarterback may want to trade up to, uh, to get aggressive. And, you know, maybe new England sees Chicago being a little bit you know, too uh, too thirsty there, and doesn't want to you know pony up the capital to to kind of move up one slot. So we say, hey, let's go over to the New York Giants. Uh, you know, struggling to find a solution there, a quarterback with Daniel Jones. Uh, Tommy DeVito was kind of fun uh, <laughs> in his uh, you know in his backup role there. But you know, they move up, they get really serious. They offer us you know the sixth overall pick, two of their second rounders, and a third uh, in next year's draft in order to. You know, to take May, uh, I think Drake May kind of fills a lot of the needs the Giants have, just a pure passer, somebody who kind of fits the mold, somebody who's been compared to Justin Herbert. And for us, I mean, it leaves us with the number six overall pick. Um, I'm counting four second round picks, a third and, and a few fourths here. So, I mean, it's getting, you know, that that draft capital for this year, a little bit for next year extra that would just set the Bears up to kind of fill every single need that they you know, have at this point, um, you know, we talked about free agency separately in this scenario, I'd have, you know, us tagging Jalen Johnson or extending him, uh, you know, DJ reader at defensive tackle would still be a guy that I would consider signing 
Scotty Reynolds, although he had a couple huge drops in that NFC Championship game, would be a guy that I could see being our third receiver. And then Jadavian Clowney being that, you know, that backup edge, um, you know, rusher for us. The only other wrinkle I'd add here is I would go out uh, with the money that we have in the cuts that we're making uh, to go sign Gardner Minshew. Um, I would talk to Minshew and I would say, look, like Anthony Richardson's coming back to the Colts. Like that's not going to be a job for you, you know, moving forward. You come over here to the Bears, you be, you know, our starter uh, until, you know, you know, time may run out. We may have the option of trading you mid-season, but you'll be well set up, well protected. We'll give you all the weapons you need. Uh, just just take us as far as you can go. So I would first go out and get Gardner Minshew, a guy who's, I think, worked really well with rookie quarterbacks and, you know, give him the job. Um, getting into my draft, uh, just going down the board for our first two picks at six and nine, I'm taking Malik Neighbors at number six, like you said. Uh, a guy who can be really dynamic, uh, pairing with DJ Moore at wide receiver. I went Jared Verse at number nine. Get that high-end edge rusher, uh, somebody who could, you know, be working across Montez Sweat, backed up by Jadavian Clowney. Somebody who could just really learn, you know, the way way of doing things in the pros. Uh, be a guy who's an instant, you know, impact maker off the bat. In my second round, so I had four picks, right? I think the first one that I'm targeting, and I'm hoping that. Other teams don't get really, really aggressive here. He fell to me in my mock draft simulator, but J.J. McCarthy, uh, number 36, um, coming to the Bears. You know, with everything that John, you know, Jim Harbaugh has actually said about him as a quarterback, he thinks he's the best quarterback out there, uh, like, you know, bar none. And I don't know if, uh, you know, if he'd happen to trade Justin Herbert or, you know, do something like that to really, like, back up his statement. Maybe he's just saying that because he was his coach, but... You have to look at a guy who's, you know, won the national championship. I mean, C.J. Stroud the year prior, J.G. McCarthy in this year. You know, perhaps McCarthy, you know, his his build isn't exactly what you, you know, would wish in terms of, uh, you know, he's not the most muscular guy. They say he has a very average arm. His timing in the pocket is a little bit off. But in general, they say he's got pinpoint accuracy. He's obviously you know, a confident winner um, at, you know, at least the collegiate level. They say he's really good at getting out of pocket and making passes on the run too. So it's like, you know, standing at 6'3", a guy who's got, you know, that kind of experience under his belt with the praise that he got from Harbaugh and others who, you know, know quarterbacks well. I think McCarthy would be a great guy to have, you know, as a quarterback we consider moving forward, playing behind Minshew and kind of walking into the situation whenever it calls for it. Um in our next three picks in the second round, I just went Patrick Paul at offensive tackle from Houston. Seems like a surefire starter, at least, you know, in terms of his length, his strength. I think he'd fit right in, um, you know, whether or not he's taking the job from Braxton Jones or it's just an amazing depth piece or, you know, a subsequent trade is made for Braxton. Like, it's, it's, a, good, it's a good thing to have to have some of that depth there, uh, considering, you know, what the Bears have experienced over the last few years. Um, Tavondre Sweat would be a defensive tackle uh, that we, you know, draft and try to plug in from Texas. And then um, Xavier Leggett, I had off my draft board as well. We've talked about him, six four, adds a little bit more size than you know maybe Neighbors or DJ Moore, but just you know kind of opens up, you know, the options there. Um, in that third round, um, Kalen Bullock out of USC um, would be our you know free safety, kind of walking in for Eddie Jackson. You know, more of your speedy coverage type. I think he would pair really well with Brisker um, at strong safety. And then 
yeah, Kate Stover, uh, Christian Haynes, and Will Shipley um, come over in that fourth round. Stover, like you said, tight end, be another option next to Komet. Christian Haynes is more of your interior uh, lineman at guard. Um, they say he's a little bit raw, but you know he's showing a lot of uh, you know upside. And then Will Shipley from Clemson, um, more of a pass catching back, more like speedy um, on the outside. I think it would be nice compliment to Roshan Johnson. Khalil Herbert, just kind of shake it up, have somebody who can more or less maybe be your third down, you know, third, uh, you know, down back in that sense. So um, that was my scenario one. Uh, just wanted to hear, you know, maybe some of your feedback there. Yeah, bringing in uh, JJ McCarthy from the Chicagoland area. So hometown boys. So that could be really cool, you know, pairing him with Gardner Minshew. Um, there might be another scenario I can talk about later, but. Uh, that kind of has that same model that you just kind of proposed there with taking an experienced, uh, overachieving quarterback in a Gardner Minshew. And then, you know, maybe also drafting a quarterback and kind of having him learn, right, and see how this quarterback does. Maybe he sits a year, right, and we'd ride at the Gardner Minshew with the weapons that you you, know, you just talked about there. So I'm, I think I'm totally open for that. You know, if we are able to get, again, this is a really deep draft. So if we're going to be like, hey, uh, you're going to give us, we're going to give you some of these picks or this, a top pick here, but we're going to go and get two or three players here that could potentially be starters on this team. So I, I think that's excellent. I liked all the players I think you mentioned there. Um, you know, I was doing more research and I was like, maybe I want uh, Javon Board over Bullock, but I, I, I can't complain too much about both of them. I think they're both really solid. Bullard, I think he had, it was like a 36 passer rating this past season towards him. So I was like, that's really good. I think Bullock was like 90s. It's like not terrible. I think it was like NFL adjusted. So uh, not terrible, but man, yeah, it's hard to beat 36 passer rating there. So um but yeah, I, I I like all those picks. Pat Paul, like I think I've said before, you know, and that Braxton Jones, he's solid, but he's a long term. I don't see him being like a Pro Bowl top five, top ten, even uh, tackle per se. I think he's like Charles Leno ish. So um, very open to that. And yeah, like Malik, Malik Neighbors, like Jared Verse. You know, I think any of the edge rushers in the first round there, like that would strongly be my preference over. You know, I, I even the pick that I had with Braylon Trice, like Braylon Trice isn't as explosive, I think, compared to Verse, uh, Watsu, and uh, uh, Dallas Turner. So, yeah, I think all those guys. And then, yeah, look at, you know, we spoke about him before, just basically like an AJ Brown type, just can run and it's hard to take down. And probably he's going to run a 4 3. Would, would be surprised if he doesn't, you know, in the combine there. So, overall, and I agree with uh, Shipley. Uh, Haynes too. I think he got in a fight at the Shrine Bowl, but it's because he was doing his job. Like I think a, a defensive lineman got too frustrated. It's like, why wow, you're so good. So anyway, um, all those picks are solid. And then yeah, I like what he did with Minshew and, and McCarthy there. Sounds good. Um, do you have any other scenarios you wanna you wanna present? <laughs> <laughs> well, the so I basically had everything set up. Uh, you know, with the whole Jonathan Allen, so everything basically from copy paste everything what I mentioned before with the whole Jaden uh, Daniel situation. But you know, for the Drake May fans out there, I took Drake May. I took Drake May, but then I also traded back with uh, the ninth pick. Um, 
well, taking a step back, Drake May. So I think I've read or I heard, was it from Nate Tice, Mike Tice's uh, former you know, offensive coordinator for the Bears. Uh, Mike Tice's son, Nate Tice, said that Drake May is actually a better fit for the Bears than any of the quarterbacks in this draft, including Caleb Williams. So I'm like, oh, because he, he tosses uh, a lot in the numbers more so of than like, you know, just deep down passes or to the sidelines. So I'm like, okay, I think that, that totally makes sense there. So, um, but yeah, so I trade back the ninth pick to the Jets in a previous uh, uh, scenario that it did for the 10th pick. So they're just one slot. And then their third round pick, I think was like the 72nd. And with the idea, I think, is that uh, the Jets want neighbors more so of for Aaron Rodgers, getting a, another weapon for Aaron Rodgers to throw to. I think that's kind of like the rationale I had there. So, which I'll take that. So I get that extra third round pick there. Um, still trading Justin Fields to gain that second. And with that, um, uh, with that 10th pick, instead of, Gain neighbors because he's off the board. I get Olufushanu. Really, you know, since I guess Drake May is more of that pocket passer, he's definitely not a complete pocket passer. He has he's good. He has good mobility, but I think he'll stand the pocket more. So we really want to get that strong left tackle that doesn't get bull rushed like Braxton Jones does. So uh, getting Olufushanu there, and then uh, getting Xavier Leggett with that second round pick. And I think that 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 could be great. I think, especially with Get, I've seen his slants and his crossing routes. Again, it sounds like that's where Shane Walden would want to go to if he were to get a player like Drake May. Uh, have him kind of just run down the middle and just kill it. Like I I remember seeing highlight reels of Leggett just kill it, like taking uh, slants for like sixty yards, breaking tackles, etc. So I think that could be great for him. Um, can't recall the rest of the draft there, but, you know, having, I think an edge rusher, like a trice, uh, as well, uh, potentially there. And then also, uh, um, solidifying more of, uh, or I think, I, I think I took Javon Bullard in, in my scenario with, uh, uh, Drake may, and then with the quarterback situation, another major change there, I would say is instead of drew lock, who, had that experience with Shane Waldron in Seattle, I would take a player that's a little bit more, I think, of Drake May's style. Another quarterback, not Gardner Minshew, although Uncle Rico I do love. Um, I'm going to take another quarterback that's set to uh, hit free agency, maybe get some playing opportunity as well. Carson Wentz, you know, got experience that McVay offensive style in LA, big, tall, strong arm. Like he's, I think he's like two seasons removed from like tossing 27 touchdowns, but kind of sucked like right there at the end when he was with the Colts. So that caught, that cost him his job there. I'm like, Hey, you know, teach what you can to, uh, Drake may, maybe Drake may doesn't start immediately. Right. You know, sometimes that's good for them just to sit back, watch a pro do it. Uh, so Carson Wentz gets, maybe get some early playing time there. Drake may learns from him. And then, yeah, gets to gun it with like get there and those slants, DJ Moore, Cole Komet, et cetera. And then has, yeah, old Fushanu protecting his blind side. So, um, yeah, I think that's just like one scenario, another scenario. In an alternate 
reality alternate Spider-Verse or Bear-Verse, I guess, in this case that I had. Yeah, I think uh, Chicago would experience a fire greater than the one in 1871 <laughs> if uh, Carson Wentz was the opening day starter for the Bears next year after thinking it would either be Williams or Fields. But I see your point. I see I see your point. Like you want to have a guy who's going to obviously pass the torch over somebody who's, you know, had some high highs in the NFL. Um, he did get a second chance at the end of, you know, this last year with, with the Rams. I think he played in week 18 um, to close out the year. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bridge guy. Um, it sets it up for Drake may when he's ready. I would imagine Drake may stand, you know, steps in at some point early on in the year, just based on the expectations that bears are, are starting to build. Um, yeah, the only pushback I would have, I mean, I like all the names. The pushback would be, you know, would Leggett at a number two receiver be enough to get the Bears over the hump, um, you know, next year? Like, we're looking at playoffs, uh, at least on the offensive end, because we've now taken that hit at quarterback, per se. You know, we're not sure what May will truly be. I mean, a lot of the analysts have, have talked really highly of his game, you know, comparing him to Herbert and things like that. I mean, that, to me, is an all-pro. Um, but we have also heard like there's that huge cliff from Williams to any of the other guys, Daniels, May, et cetera. So it's like, um, you know, would there be enough there to give, you know, the Bears enough confidence to get over the hump, um, you know, moving forward? But I don't know. What do you think of that? I mean, it's definitely questionable. And that certainly is where having that bridge guy, I think, could help, you know, see what I think that having a bridge guy, it does a couple of things. Yeah, it's a tutor for that young quarterback that's maybe sitting in the wings a little bit. But then it also kind of showcases like, oh, uh, we have this young Y out here. What can we do with this player here? So kind of working with the offensive coordinator more so of, as opposed to a rookie quarterback kind of coming in and be like, you tell me what to do. Like, I'm just a rookie quarterback. So that's where I feel like having a Carson Wentz could be beneficial for not just Drake May, but then also... Xavier Leggett, who, you know, he's only had like one really, really, really good season. I think he yeah, just had that one uh, season with the South Carolina over there, right? Or, or South Carolina, yeah. And then just, yeah, had like a thousand yards. But before that, it was like a couple hundred year, a couple hundred there, like nothing too much. So pretty still raw, physical specimen regardless. But yeah, I think something like that could help out. And then, you know, I did also, you know, sign Curtis Samuel to help out in the slot. So thinking that could help out. Uh, you know, just get some yardage, get some, you know, again, Curtis Sam is not really the most explosive slot, but can get open, you know, in between the hashes more so of. So I think something like that could definitely help. But yeah, hopefully then Xavier will get maybe, maybe, you know, after week six takes the next step. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a good point. I forgot that you mentioned uh, Curtis Samuel being an offseason signing for the Bears. So that would give you more Samuel and Leggett. I think that, you know, with, you know, Cole Komet, others, um, you know, it puts together a respectable offense around Drake May uh, eventually taking the reins. You know, we're looking at a three to four year window once we bring over a new quarterback as it is. So um, with all the other, you know, needs that you filled in other positions, like that's the best that we can do. You know, it's the best that we can do if we are trading out of the one one trading fields. It's just building that depth for this year, for next year. And uh yeah, I think the Bears take an extra step. I, I do like your uh, Daniels-Neighbors pairing in scenario one, probably a tick more. I just feel like 
that would be so much more exciting for Bears fans to maybe, you know, uh, wrap their heads around at the start. And I think it would work out better. I think the two would have that natural chemistry and bring it on over to the field. And, you know, if we're thinking about neighbors versus Leggett, I mean, I think everybody would definitely take, uh, would take that option there. So uh, anyways, uh, yeah, no, this is, this is fun. Um, I have one last scenario that I want to run through. Um, and I guess we'll, you know, get your get your feedback on it, and you know, maybe wrap it up. Um, oh yeah, sorry. But yeah. I guess in my second scenario, oh, go ahead. Go sorry, ahead. I was going to interrupt. I I was just thinking, you know, what would be interesting if we're going to play the whole college quarterback wide receiver yeah. thing is maybe instead of Leggett, it is Tez Walker, who is also projected to go to the second round, who is uh, Drake May's college uh, wide out there, so. Um, anyway, just another thought. Maybe that's a better situation, gain that continuity and all that. So, uh, but I turn it back to you, Pat, and want to hear your uh, last scenario here. Yeah, I mean, maybe Williams gets uh, you know Brendan Rice too. Like we don't know. Like, but I do think that's a smart play. Like just to comment on it because it's like you know you look at a lot of the teams who have paired up multiple guys from the same university, same teams. Like I think that continuity, you know, going into you know a new setting. You know, helps everybody ease in the best. And, uh, you know, if they all played well together in college, like who's to say they won't at the pro level too. But no, I think in my last scenario, um, like you, I'm, I'm keeping everything pretty much the same in terms of my free agency um, signings. The only, the only exception I'm going to make is I'm taking Jalen Johnson off in this one. I'm letting him walk. I'm letting him figure out what he wants to do. Um, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. And then I've got to, I've got a special signing at the end to, to unveil, but in my scenario two, um, I'm doing a pretty similar trade to the one I did in scenario one with Washington. In this one, I have us trading the one, one, a third rounder in next year's draft for Washington's, you know, one, two, two second round picks of theirs, a third in this year's draft, and then a first in 2025. Um, I am then taking that pick and doing what I didn't do in scenario one, and that's trading it with New England, uh, who's going to want to, you know, obviously, you know, get that ability to draft the quarterback of their choice. So we're going to flip the one, two for the third overall pick and a second round pick of New England's and then a second round in next year's draft. Um, we're trading Justin Fields over to the Atlanta Falcons for their second round pick. So in total, what we have is we are sitting with the third overall pick and the ninth overall pick in the first round. We have four second round picks and two thirds and then two fourths after that. So the way I looked at it was, so we've got maybe, let's call it, uh, you know, Williams and May are off the board. And in this one, because I think there's that huge cliff and I don't want to overpay at quarterback. I'm going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. here, you know, solidify ourselves with a Hall of Fame, you know, worthy wide receivers, what most folks are saying out of the gate, make him our true, you know, alpha next to DJ Moore. At 1-9, I'm going to go with Terrian Arnold, uh, cornerback out of Alabama. Um, most are considering him the top cornerback on the board in this year's draft. A great guy in man coverage, brings a lot of physicality as well. You know, played at Bama too, that doesn't hurt, but you know, kind of just taking that premier corner without having to pay the premium and letting Jalen Johnson walk. Uh, you know, it's it's a bold move to make, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. With one of our four second round picks, I'm going to start off uh, with Jackson Powers Johnson, the center out of Oregon that we've been talking about. 
just making sure that we've solidified that center position with the first second rounder. With my second one at number 36, I'm taking um I'm taking Chris Braswell out of Alabama at edge. Um, he can pair up with Terry and Arnold being those two Alabama guys coming on over. Um, it allows us to not have to, you know, spend a premium pick on, you know, verse or lot or, you know, Dallas Turner up in the first round, but still maybe get a guy who can bring a lot of impact. Um, my third second round pick is Cameron Kitchens out of Miami. Um, they say this guy is an absolute ball hawk. He's physical. He's a great tackler. Um, him next to Brisker, that just sounds really, really good. I mean, <laughs> one guy who can kind of level the hits like Brisker, and then you've got a guy who's all over the ball. Um, and who could also tackle very well too in Kitchens. So I think that'd be a great pairing. And then with my last second round pick, he's just sitting on the board there. Um, and I see too much value in him to, you know, let him fall. So I'm going to go ahead and take Michael Penix um, off the board there. Um, he was sitting on my simulator at number 43. Uh, whether that happens in real life, we'll, we'll definitely have to see. But, you know, just a guy with great arm, uh, great accuracy. I think if anything, you know, needs to work on his touch and maybe his confidence at the next level. But in my scenario, he'll be sitting down for perhaps a year uh, or two um, in order to kind of, you know, walk into that position with the Bears. Um, rounding it off, got Jatavian Sanders, uh, tight end out of, you know, Texas, a, a versatile type of tight end. I mean, kind of sounds like he's similar to Kyle Pitts. Whether or not he's on that level or of that same ilk is another thing, but just a very, you know, versatile type of pass catcher uh, who slots in at the tight end position. Um, I also grabbed Blake Corum in my third round uh, out of Michigan to be uh, just another guy in that stable of running backs of ours. Um, just think that would be uh, beautiful there. And then, um, yeah, I grabbed a cornerback, Sarah, uh, St. Ristiel, uh out of Michigan, Mike Serenstiel out of Michigan. Um, just add a little bit more corner depth. And then Blake Fisher, a tackle out of Notre Dame. Um, and I guess... You know, with with that, that's pretty much my entire draft for the Bears in the second scenario. But the only kicker is that because I didn't sign Jalen Johnson, I made all those same cuts that you did. Um, you know, maybe freed up a little bit more cap space. But I went out and I got a quarterback who started his journey uh, here in the Chicagoland area as well from Barrington High School. Uh, he's looking for a two-year, ninety million dollar deal. Um, always been a fan. Would love to steal him from a rival within the division and bring over Kirk Cousins to close out his career as a Chicago Bear and kind of bring over, you know, that top six, top seven type passing prowess uh, to Chicago. Uh, he'll be walking into a very young star studded roster here and he has two years to kind of get it done. In the process, he has Michael Penix kind of backing him up, somebody who can, you know, kind of show pointers to, kind of coach him up um, as he kind of walks out um, of Chicago after that two-year deal. But, you know, I think Cousins would be a really interesting guy to, you know, slot into Shane Waldron's offense. I mean, somebody with, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. and DJ Moore and, you know, Cole Komet, uh, Blake Corum behind center, Jatavian Sanders as another option. I mean, it's almost embarrassing, like how many, you know, new weapons he'd have to play with in this scenario where we're trading down twice. So, um, yeah, man, what do you think? Kirk Cousin, a Chicago pair. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Talking about, well, you know, everybody's talking about setting, you know, 
set resetting the quarterback clock. How about like completely blowing it up and just be like, hey, let's get Kirk Cousins, you know, 45 million a year. I mean, hey, look, uh, when it, with regards to Kirk Cousins, like he's going to pass for 4,000 yards, right? <laughs> I mean, hey, look, we haven't had that in an entire fran, you know, an entire franchise history. So uh, it's good to have, yeah, him there. Uh, you know, Penix Jr. We'll see. I, I he's got the tremendous arm. I do worry about his injury history. I think that's been the biggest thing. Um, but like him as you know, as a quarterback prospect, you know, if JJ McCarthy is there if, you know, during that, uh, you know, for that draft pick that you had, I might prefer him just as he's like three years younger than Penix and has like, I think he can learn a lot from Kirk Cousins and their style play, you know? So I feel like, yeah, and they had that, uh, I guess, local boy kind of connection there too. So, uh, but yeah, like other than that, I think everything else is solid getting Marvin Harrison jr. Best player in the entire draft. Um, and no talk about a shift when you're talking to, when you're uh, getting rid of, you know, arguably our best player with Jalen Johnson, but you do get that, quarterback at least for the next couple of years and then yeah we can start that whole training ground of veteran quarterback and then having a young quarterback kind of take the reins when they're ready have them sit for a couple of years kind of what the green bay packers have been doing for you know the past couple of decades so um but yeah the rest of the picks i like you know kitchens i i think he would be the perfect pairing um i don't know if he'll like land that far but at the same time if he's there he's there right so uh, would love to see him in a Bears uniform kind of taking over that Eddie Jackson, ball hawk, uh, safety position there. Braswell, you know, he's he's decent. Would love to have maybe more edge rushing talent there. But at the same time, you know, having the Bama boys, I think that could be really fun there. So um, overall, yeah, that that's quite, quite a curveball there, I, I think you had with Kirk Cousins. But Hey man, I'm all for it. Like that is definitely something that not too many people have thought of here. So, man, yeah. I mean, if it if it really did end up though, like Cousins McCarthy, I'd be pretty damn happy about that. I'm not gonna lie. Like, because I also figured that we would be making like one or two trade downs in order to gather up like a lot of extra depth. So you know, and I, I feel like that would pretty much cement Marvin Harrison Jr. coming to us. I think. I think when we first set up like this whole idea of scenarios, like my thought process was moving away from, okay, then we'll take Drake May or, okay, then we'll take, you know, uh, Jaden Daniels. Like it's a foregone conclusion because I think a lot of folks are looking at it like Caleb Williams is up here in terms of what people are talking about, where they're ranking him all time as a quarterback prospect. But then there's a shelf, like there's a shelf that falls a bit. But if you're the one who passes on Marvin Harrison Jr., who's like, basically cemented as like a hall of fame wide receiver like i just have to be absolutely sure to quarter at quarterback and i'm not i'm just not i you know i think the taboo of having a north carolina quarterback come in again like it's just something it's like almost like a non-starter for bears fans like if drake may was at any other school i think we'd be open to the idea of a drake may but just coming from north carolina man that's gonna be that's gonna be hard number one and then Daniels, I mean, he brings a lot of what Fields already has. Um, I would argue he's a better passer, but, you know, is it worth, you know, taking him at the number two slot or number three or whatever? Like, I think that's debatable. So, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. What did, what did you take away from some of these scenarios? And, like, what do you actually think is going to happen if uh, Williams says no to the Chicago Bears? 
I mean, part of me too is now I'm thinking about Jalen Johnson and his contract. It's like, is he necessary? Like he is, he was the top rated uh, quarterback, you know, PFF uh, in all of football this past season. But you know, we can get Kirk Cousins. That wouldn't be so bad. So um, I don't know. There's a lot of different scenarios. Uh, it would definitely be a killer, I think, to morale. Probably Jalen Johnson doesn't resign or get a franchise tag there. But uh, I think it just, you know goes to show kind of again this whole quarterback situation like nobody really knows like we we talk we talk we think we know we say things with a lot of confidence and it's funny is that now i'm hearing about i think it was like a former director of like college scouting from the bears when they drafted when they drafted trubisky and they they were just so confident about it like you hear them talk about trubisky and it's like yeah he didn't turn out like why didn't you do your due diligence and you know, talk about, you know, talk with Patrick Mahomes more, talk with uh, Deshaun Watson more, you know, before he got all handsy, right? <laughs> um, it's like, come on, you know, there's there's more to, I think, quarterbacks than uh, just the sheer, like what the, the tape says, but obviously the situation that they go into, the supporting cast that they have, you know, we look at all the quarterbacks, like we just don't know. There's only so many of those CJ Stroud scenarios and, you know, CJ Stroud had a has a probably future Hall of Fame left tackle there that kind of has helped him out there. So I don't know. Yeah, there's just so many different variables for a quarterback. It's like, why can't we just build a team, create a nice foundation? That's where, yeah, hey, let's get Kirk Cousins. Let's get a bunch of picks. And then, yeah, we can either take or see if J.J. McCarthy is the guy in a couple of years or we use one of those first rounders maybe that we've gotten uh, and see if if, you know, there's a next hot prospect that, can kind of take the reins there. So I don't know. Yeah. Different ways to skin a cat or build a, an NFL franchise that is successful. So I think that's just kind of what all of this is uh, kind of show, showing us right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of talk around who's the best prospect and this and that. And like, we've seen Zach William, you know, Wilson and all of his arm talent, just kind of, you know, absolutely go to shit in New York. And then, you know, Bryce Young, you know, debate's still out there. I mean, kind of running for his life all all game, all 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 year last year. And, you know, is it more of a team issue or, you know, is he is he able to size up in the NFL? Like that's a big thing that we're kind of seeing going forward. But I never, you know, kind of look at all these uh, you know, quarterback rankings and things and never think like, hey, I've got some doubt here or hey, there's a you know, there there's something that we're not seeing that, you know, we just don't have that experience. We don't have those insights to understand like, Hey, could this guy be a complete bust? Like it could happen because it happens all the time. But uh, I think the hard thing with kind of doing these scenarios too, is like, I really do think five of these quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. I really feel like there's a lot of hungry teams in that first round that are looking to trade up um, who may settle for, their second or third, uh, you know, option, uh, whatever they had kind of prioritized. But um, I don't, I just don't see a lot of guys falling um, to the second round just based on need. But if there was one, I think Penix might be that guy. And, you know, I, I think I'd be comfortable with him kind of waiting in the wings or sitting, you know, you know, behind a guy like Cousins or maybe Minshew for a year or so. But yeah, man, it's a kind of a it's kind of a weird situation to think about. I mean, I'm I'm kind of still like fully committed to the to the Williams experience. I mean, I just want us to know that we drafted a guy who was up in that like top three all time type of 
quarterback hype and then let that fail on us if it if it happens like if it happens to not work out with us or you know he he asked for a trade a couple of years in or he's just a complete bust like i'll sleep much happier than to just like abort mission stick with what we we know and kind of like you know not go after the guy who who could be the next patrick mahomes a guy who you don't have to have a star-studded roster around to get you to the Super Bowl, like we're seeing it this year. So that's what a, a generational quarterback's supposed to do for you. And uh, yeah, I just want to be able to say we we have ours. Yeah, I mean this this scenario doesn't come too often. You know, we saw what last year happened with C.J. Stroud, and it's funny about all these conversations about Ohio State quarterbacks never work out, and then C.J. Stroud works out there, or you know, North Carolina quarterbacks don't work out, and maybe Drake May has the best, you know career out of like uh, you know Trubisky, Sam Howell and whatever else. So yeah, in the end we kind of just don't know. Uh I I remember all the you know the Texas uh, Tech Raiders, right? The, the Red Raiders, they were known as this this college that was just pass heavy and everything and then lo and behold, Patrick Mahomes comes from Texas Tech and is the best quarterback I think anybody's ever seen ever. So, you know, again, we just don't know. And this day and age, you know, with this uh, spread offense now, like things are from the college to the pros, like it's now become more prominent in the pros now. So that that uh, fade between systems and such, it's it's kind of thin now. So, yeah, we just don't know. Uh, but, you know, if the franchise can build around whoever the quarterback is. I think a lot of things can happen there, whether it is Caleb or, yeah, if it is uh, Justin Fields, I do think, yeah, if they if the Bears do choose Caleb Williams, it's like, does that give Ryan Poles more time? Does that give uh, Ibrafus more time too? Um, I I would hope so. I think just because it's going to take you know a couple more years, but you know, yeah, we'll see. It's it's there's just so much that goes into developing a quarterback, and when you don't get it right, which we really haven't done, uh, yeah, when you don't get it right, it really tosses your your franchise back, you know, five plus more years, right? So hopefully we get it right, whoever it might be, whether it's Justin, whether it's Caleb. Uh, yeah, it's it's really just going to be kind of a crapshoot and a wait, we'll see. And that just leaves all his fans anxious and opinionated. So it's kind of like elections, I feel like, which is very appropriate. It's all happening this year. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of just waiting and seeing, but... I've just been doing so many mock drafts and different scenarios. Like this is, this is just like, I think an NFL nerds, like wet dream. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, my final thought on all of this stuff is that we take the swing on Williams and see where it goes. To me, Fields has already shown what he kind of is. Like, could he be better? Yes. But is he the type of guy who gets you to the Super Bowl, has you winning Super Bowls? And, you know, I think of all the best guys that do a lot of what Fields does. And we looked at what happened with, you know, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson this past year. We look at Michael Vick's entire career. We look at what Jalen Hurts has become. He's he's almost probably become like the closest to that glory um, of them all. Vince Young. I mean, we could, Robert Griffin III, we could go down the list of guys who maybe like to get on their feet first um, versus using, you know, their arm and things like that. And it's just, it's just not a style that I think, you know, is, is something that's going to win, you know, multiple championships or has the potential to do so. 
And I say all that, and I also look at fields and I just look at what is not what I think he could be. I don't, you know, I don't think he got a fair shake, but that's what being a Chicago bear is like. You have to deal with a lot of crap. You have to deal with a bad organization. You have to deal with, you know, all of the, you know, dark clouds that fall over the bears in their quarterback situation. Like that's going to follow every quarterback that walks in here until it's changed. And to me, like, yeah, we're not, we can't sit here and talk about the last three years. We have to talk about now and moving forward. Fields will, you know, ask for an extension after an extra year. And to me, I feel like we kind of already knows, you know, what he is. So even if, again, everything, you know, fails on the Williams pick or whoever else, hey, maybe at the end of the day, we just take another bite at the apple at another quarterback in another first round. But to me, like, I've already kind of had enough of a taste of Justin Fields to know that while he could be a good talent, he's just not the guy I want to put my horses behind. Yeah, and I, I think people, Bears fans, sometimes forget. And I've been trying to like really gun for fields. I think sometimes Bear fans forget about the salary, right? Like, do we want to be in a Daniel Jones situation where your quarterback, you know, mid-tier, right, is making forty some million dollars, taking like a good chunk of your salary cap? Because that's gonna pigeonhole us for years. Like I think people are like, oh yeah, you you, you can supplement the rest of the roster with like first, second round. No, like it doesn't work that way. That quarterback contract is going to eat the, your, your cap for years. And we need to be sure like top, he needs to be like top 10 quarterback essentially to justify his contract. He needs to be able to pass for 4,000 yards or have Lamar Jackson seasons with efficiency and, and smarts and not turn over the ball a bunch. So that's the level that we need. He just hasn't shown that, that level of confidence that like, yeah, here's a 40, $50 million contract, you know, go ahead, eat like a, a fifth of our cap or whatever. And we're not going to be able to sign any more help. Like good luck with that. But right now we're still kind of the luxury of him being on his rookie contract. And it really is a big deal when you don't have a supporting cast. Cause yeah, you do need to have a quarterback with confidence and it has the ability to elevate the rest of the team members. And it's, you know, he's done a good job with DJ Moore, but then it's like, is the only way for us to, you know, surround Justin Fields is, you know, basically just having uh first round talent just pushed around him. Like that just seems like an inefficient way to build a roster. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm open to, I'm open to Caleb. I'm open to Drake May or whomever uh, for, you know, resetting the, the, the quarterback clock and kind of starting afresh. But I just want to make sure, Regardless, we just get it right, you know, whether it is keeping Justin or moving on to one of the quarterbacks we've mentioned. Yeah. The other point I would raise is name a time when a quarterback spent three years in the NFL, produced at a certain level, and then they brought in like the right coaches or whatever else, and they took it to a great level, a consistently great level. And I feel like Bears fans just think like that's a light switch, light switch kind of change where we're like, we're going to bring in these coaches. We're going to design, you know, an offense that actually fits fields. There'll be more stability there and we're going to get him more weapons. And then he's going to be a great quarterback. I just haven't seen that in the NFL. I've never seen that where a guy's numbers were below average to average. And he just made this insane leap to being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And it's like, we have an opportunity to get that for free with this year's draft. Why not take a bite? Um, again, like I'll probably just 
fall on this one if we happen to not do <laughs> the, the Williams approach. If if it's available to us, and uh, yeah, it'll be the one thing that I'll probably just kick myself over um, as a Bears fan who's been just stuck in this for you know thirty years consciously. Yeah, and hey, I know you've taken a lot of shit from the comments section for some of your takes and everything. So just want to say I appreciate your honesty. Uh, you know, uh, let's let's if, if you're still watching this, please be nicer to Pat. Like he has a family, he's got kids and all that. So uh, I haven't read a lot of them. I have to go back and read them. <laughs> Um, but no, like, yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree. Like it, it is there. It's like, it's a, it's like basically being in a path or a pathway or there's two different roads where we can go you know, this way or that way. You know, none of us know, but we, I, we just have to have faith. We just have to have faith that everything's going to work. And then if it doesn't work, oh, it's the same stuff as normal. So I don't know. I would want to see us finally get that 4,000 yard passer uh especially these days i think i was looking at the top or everybody that's passed for four thousand yards this season all the quarterbacks that have passed four thousand yards i think except for one made the playoffs it's like it's a passing league you know um yeah lamar jackson he definitely was he didn't pass for four thousand yards but you know he ran for cumulative like i think 47 like almost five thousand so it's like basically passing for four that or for five or yeah, for 4,000 plus. So I don't know. We, we need some production at quarterback and Justin Fields just hasn't been able to do it with the hand he's been dealt. And, you know, if we got to move on, we got to move on, but yeah, you know, paying him $40 million plus that's hard for me to justify, you know, even the biggest Justin Fields fans, that's going to be really hard to justify there. For sure. Well, uh, yeah, I guess this has been, you know, just another episode here going over, you know, what could happen as we lead our way into the draft. Um, I look forward to reading all of your comments. Keep them coming. I will uh, <laughs> take a good review of those that I probably missed. Uh, hopefully I'll be safe after this one's published. <laughs> but uh, we really appreciate you guys, you know, supporting us and being a part of this community. Uh, subscribe to our channel here. Uh, like us, give us more comments. Uh, you know, if you're anywhere else, give us a review or a follow of any kind. And, uh, you know, with Wayne, I'm Patrick signing off for the Ball and Breakfast podcast. <laughs> <laughs>